listening to Something Real with Pastor Rich Seiger, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On today's episode, we've gone fishing. No, we're not taking a break. We're staying in Luke chapter 5 and talking a bit more about the kind of outcasted individuals that Jesus calls to come to him and what that really means for us even today. So let's get started. Welcome back. Today we are looking at Luke 5, verses 12 to 31. And in this passage, we find something to think about as Jesus is essentially doing what he's just told Peter and the fishermen that they would do. He's fishing for people. We encounter these uh, three separate but connected scenes that Luke uses to emphasize the sort of souls that Jesus and later his disciples would be fishing for. Here we see Jesus heal a man with leprosy, a paralyzed man, and a tax collector. At first it may be difficult to see the connection, but Luke puts them together in this place in his gospel for a reason. First, in verses 12 to 16, we find the leper. Verse 12 says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Now, leprosy was a particularly horrible thing in that setting because it not only caused significant progressive damage physically, but it made its victim a social pariah. One with leprosy would become a lifelong outcast, separated from the people for fear of its spreading. Among the Jews, it also served as a picture of sin and uncleanness. While it illustrated for them the presence and nature of sin, very often they misconstrued that to be an indication of the individual having some sin that brought God's judgment upon them. Lepers were the least of people. They were outsiders. The man recognizes Jesus immediately. Again in verse 12, When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Jesus tells the man not to broadcast the healing, but instead to do what the Old Testament law required by presenting himself to the priest and offering the prescribed sacrifice for cleansing. Nonetheless, Something like that doesn't keep quiet easily, and the crowds grew. It is an interesting and important side note that verse 16 shows Jesus prioritizing quiet time alone with God in the midst of it. Next, we encounter Jesus teaching a crowd of people, and Pharisees and law teachers from all around had come to check him out. Verse 17 seems to emphasize the teaching and to view the healing as an extension of it. In a story every child in Sunday school is familiar with, Some men carrying a paralyzed friend on a mat or a stretcher came to Jesus. They couldn't get to him because of the crowd, so they managed to somehow haul their friend up to the roof, make a hole through it, and lower the paralyzed man down to Jesus. Verse 20 is significant. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Well, this didn't set well with the religious leaders who were there. They considered it blasphemy, as only God can forgive sin. Jesus called them on it by asking which is easier in their estimation, to say to a sinner, you're forgiven, or to say to a paralytic, get up and walk. He knows what matters, and as always, Jesus prioritizes message and mission over miracles. But he heals this man instantly as an affirmation that he, as Messiah, has authority to forgive sin. So while the man gets up whole and healed and goes home glorifying God, the greater miracle is that Jesus healed his soul by forgiving his sin. 
It is noteworthy that verse 20 speaks of Jesus seeing their faith. Whose? I take this to mean the faith of the friends, dragging their hopeless loved one to the master, the healer, the king of everything, trusting that he is able and willing to restore their broken friend. The man himself could offer nothing. He couldn't even drag himself there to get the help he needed. I imagine that he had completely given up hope. His malady, whatever it was that may have caused this paralysis, kept him from even functioning in life, so that when everyone comes to Jesus, his great debilitating burden causes him to be last. And it seems that there's no way in. He needed others to have faith and hope for him. And Jesus removes not only his physical burden, but also his soul's burden of sin. Perhaps the healing of the third vignette is more subtle, but it may be even more significant. Jesus comes upon Levi, also known as Matthew, while he is performing his job as a tax collector. Tax collectors were particularly hated among the Jewish people and were equated with prostitutes, thieves, swindlers, and traitors. Levi was a Jew, but he worked for the hated Romans, so he was basically a traitor to Israel. Additionally, these sellouts were well known for lining their own pockets by collecting more than was due. They got rich on the backs of their countrymen. It is reasonable for us to apply these characteristics to Levi, who is still sitting at the tax collector's uh, booth, living the tax collector's life when Jesus calls him. While he apparently knew of Jesus, perhaps having heard his message personally based on his immediate response, when Jesus came upon him, he was still sitting at his collector's booth. While Jesus preached, repent, the kingdom of God is near, Levi clearly has not yet repented. He may well have been convicted in his heart, but he was still soaking in the swill of his old life when Jesus said, follow me. And just like the fisherman, he lets go of everything else to take hold of the master. There is no physical miracle of healing in this scene, but a miraculous healing of the soul. This is a resurrection of the highest order. Levi was lost in his own sinfulness and would not, could not have followed Jesus on his own. But the master fisherman catches him in his net and pulls him into the boat. The Pharisees are offended by this radical grace. What they see is offensively reckless love, if you will. Jesus responds to them with an answer that had to sting. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke hammers this theme throughout his gospel. Today, whether you find yourself in a position similar to that of the desperate and outcast leper, the hopeless and helpless paralytic, the sinner still stuck in sin, or the pious but hard-hearted Pharisees, I pray that the radical love of the king of everything might capture your heart and mind so that you will follow him and embrace him with your whole being.